What'd you do on your actual birthday? Um, when did I see you? Like, I mean, I know when we what got together, but was that how many days was that before my yeah, birthday? Yeah, was it the Thursday night before your birthday? Yeah. So it's like Monday. Was like uh, oh yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, my mom came over, and uh, you know that's always fun. Um, yeah. <laughs> that's pretty much it. Okay. Said dinner. Kate, Kate got lasagna from Glorioso's, which was pretty good, and uh, you know, opened some presents, had some cake, and pretty chill, nice. laid back, normal birthday. Yeah, it was fine. Sure. I good. Had a position where I don't even want to acknowledge it anymore at this point in my life. So <laughs> yeah, I know the feeling. Kate, for some reason, is still always like, she's like, it's my birthday. The whole week is just uh-huh. you know. Like, what are you talking about? I don't want anyone right? to know it's my birthday. People at work are like, when's your birthday? I'm like, don't worry about it. It already happened. Just leave me alone. Go away. Yeah. I'm not going like, to tell we're, you. We're 45. I mean, this right. year in the new year, I've got a appointment scheduled with a rheumatologist because I'm having all kinds of like weird, like joint aches and pains yeah. and cramps and stuff. I'm probably going to have to go get glasses finally. So like, this is really a, this is 45 kind of like <laughs> yeah plus they'll want you to do a colonoscopy probably too so you'll have that well, that's that's funny i was looking at my like my chart thing or whatever and they're like uh uh you know the things you're overdue on or whatever and it's like flu vaccine covid vaccine whatever and it's like colonoscopy i'm like yeah. i was just in for a fucking physical and and i thought that didn't start till you were 50 i mean you start getting the yeah. finger up the butt at 40 or whatever but um yeah i, I didn't think you had to do and i'm sure that's just I don't know if that's like an automatic thing and then it's like your doctor actually has to be the one to order that or what, but I wasn't yeah, happy to see I, that. I'm like, fuck, is that another <laughs> thing I have to do now? <laughs> Probably. Mine's in February and I'm not looking forward to that at all. Yeah, I thought you wait till you're 50 unless you have a family history or a reason or something. So Yeah, maybe they're uh, concerned with other things or whatever with me. So Say hi, Finn. Hello. You, Hi, you Finn. Come in the, here, come in the thing. Hi. How are you? He, <laughs> she can't hear you because you're on my... Oh, yeah. He said, how are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm, tell her I'm wonderful. He's wonderful. <laughs> I totally what forgot. I was for? like... <laughs> what? String. String? Yeah. I'm making something quite important. Oh, yeah? She's making something quite important. Oh, of course. Just had a little incident with Lorenzo where he tried to kill two uh, AT&T saleswomen while I was... Uh, oh, no. Yeah. Kate and Finn were at a thing, and, you know, he gets all... He's one of these dogs. He gets crazy whenever anybody comes to the door, and blah, blah, blah. And I yeah. thought I had it pretty well blocked off. And I thought it might be people who we knew, too, because I can't really see very well through the... Uh, kind of beveled glass by her door. So I opened yeah. it up and it turned out to be these two young girls trying to sell AT&T or, you know, whatever. And yeah. uh, they're like, we got 5G in the area now or fiber or whatever it is. And I'm like, sorry guys, I don't even live here. It's my girlfriend's place. And Lorenzo's uh, just barking his head off in the background and they keep talking to me and finally he, like pushes his way through the, the, the doors that, yeah. that separate the, the living room and kind of that, um, I don't know what that entryway. Yeah. yeah. That, so then he, he busts in and tries to like get out the door and I grab him and he like bites my knuckle. And I'm like, you, you guys just need to get the fuck out of here. Before the dog kills you. And, <laughs> right. and they, they, they seem to know like, all right, all right, bye. And uh, <laughs> so then I had to try to 
play teacher to him by putting him in his crate and be like, no, and bad dog, and never do that again, yeah. even though the minute like somebody else rolled up, he starts barking like crazy and doing the same shit. So right. we're going to change, I don't think. But <laughs> Yeah, the one time I met him, I was pretty nervous. <laughs> I was pretty nervous. He was... He seemed pretty intense. He was still pretty young then, and too, I think. Yeah, well, he was when he was like a puppy, and she first got him. We were able to take him to like the lakefront and all this stuff. And then, you know, COVID hit, and I think there was just a lot of not interaction with stuff. And then he also had some weird eye thing where he needed to be in a cone for a while. I think that tripped him out because he couldn't see, you know, peripherally, and he was still young. So when the cone came off, then he was like nervous about everybody coming up on him. And now he's just one of these dogs that fucking barks every time somebody walks by, and whatever else and it figures because you know she's like i want to get a dog i'm like it's a fucking dumb idea because you know they're a huge pain in the ass and yeah they really are she's like well finn wants one i'm like oh okay i guess that's a reason (laughs) and then uh so lo and behold a couple years later this is the kind of shit we're dealing with but whatever (laughs) nobody listens to me i don't know (laughs) (laughs) you like my shirt I do. I could only see Big Nick before, and I'm like, I bet it says Big Nick Energy. You're like, I've seen the targeted ads. I put it yeah. I put two and two together. Right. Yeah. Well, it's funny. I've been seeing this, and I was kind of like, ah, oh, that's pretty funny, but I'm not going to you know, buy that or whatever. And probably everybody's mm-hmm. got that. But then Kate got it for me, so she she knows what kind of asshole I am and won't spend the money on myself. So that's pretty funny. Right. Now all I need is like toilet paper and... Uh, uh, I'm trying to think what other things I hate spending money on. Paper towel. Um, oh, yeah. Socks. Those are the worst. Socks. It's yeah. funny how by the time you get to this age, it's like I want all the shit that I didn't want when I was a kid. Like if you're good at Christmas right. and you get socks or underwear, you're like, fuck yeah. off. Now I'm like, yeah. oh, I'll take a year's supply of socks and underwear so I don't have to go buy that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking like undershirts are like 50 for a six pack or something. It's ridiculous, too. Yeah, I've kind of stopped like, wearing those. I remember when I was younger, I used to think everything had to have layers. I'm like, got to have an undershirt under every shirt. And then uh-huh. on top of that, it's like undershirt, polo shirt, button-down shirt, uh, pullover, yeah. like fleece. <laughs> that's how that's how we yep. rolled in the late 90s and early 2000s. <laughs> right. Yeah, now I have worn an undershirt. I find myself. Know, layering up. Yeah. Yeah. Mainly it's just for, like, if I have a sweatshirt on or if I'm wearing, like, a Brewers jersey to a Brewers game or something. Otherwise, I'll yeah. just wear them. Otherwise, I'll just wear them as is if it's a nice summer day, you know? Yeah, I, I don't know. I never really loved the whole... When when I went to college for the first time, I took this class and um, that one of the things was, like, how you market yourself or what to do at interviews or whatever it was and they gave you this whole list of stuff and they're like men wear deodorant and shave and and one of the things is like wear an undershirt so you're not sweating through and uh you know yeah. so it doesn't look tacky and you can't see your nipples or whatever the fucking reason was and then yeah. we kind of got to a point in the mid 2000s or whatever where undershirts were all of a sudden not a thing and it was totally acceptable just to wear your like button down shirt with two buttons open and you exactly. know, tighter than you ever would have worn it and everything like that. So. Right. <laughs> yeah. Times change. Uh, speaking of times changing, it uh, is now 40 years past. I don't know. I didn't have a good segue ready for that. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. Peter, this is a podcast. 
It's called the Big Four O with Ron and Peter. Who are you? I... <laughs> <laughs> I'm Ron. I'm Peter. <laughs> You're so quick. You're always so quick with that. Um, uh, what else? What What do we do on this podcast? We take a look at a movie that came out this week, forty years ago. Except we're not doing that this week. This week, no, we are not. Peter, why don't you tell tell our our fine listeners what we're doing this week? This week, we are counting down our top ten uh, movies from 1983. I think we'll have a lot of similars, but probably some surprises. I'm not sure. Well, I, I will I tell you a... right off that I this did not pan out the way I thought it was going to. I forgot how many movies we watched and how many good ones there were and how many there's five or six just straight up classics in here that I, I guess I forgot about as the year went on that just have to be on the list. And when I was initially thinking about it, I was like, I don't know, uh, uh you know, maybe death stalker is going to be number one or whatever. Cause right. It just, just shit like that. And, and then I just really realized that this was a pretty solid year for movies and it was, um, yeah, it's, it's going to be tough. I, I, I said to you, Last week, I was like, I think we're, we'll probably have a lot of the same ones, just in different order. Um, but I'm not even sure if that's going to be the case now. I, I don't even have some of the ones on here I thought for sure I'd have on here. So yeah, same with me. I uh, <laughs> at the end we can we can list some of our because I have the it came down to about 15 movies for me, and then ranking them was yeah. not was not easy. But uh, I would say the, the same. End, there's I'll... probably there's probably a solid 15 uh, that. I, I wrestled with my number 10 spot could probably be four movies right. all interchangeable. My top five, I could probably swap around a little bit. I I made probably three lists. I'm, I settled on one, but I'm definitely going to tell you what my original, you know, just, just what I sort of critically thinking as I was just checking off titles going, okay, that one goes here. This one's better than that. And then this one's a little worse than that. And I came up with 10 and then I was like, well, wait a minute. I can't leave off XYZ, even though this number eight movie is technically a better movie. I'm kicking that one out and putting this one in there because I actually like it better. Or I'm going to be more prone to watch that one again or or whatever. So the criteria, depending on if you're just like sitting here thinking critically, like, oh, this is the best one and, and this one's a little better than that and, and whatever, that doesn't always work when you go, well, which one am I going to actually want to go back and watch again in, in a month or a year or whatever? And right. that's, that's the hard part with this. Yes, I, uh, I grappled with many of the same things and the same issues, and I think my list is going to reflect that because some of it, some of it was were critical, good movies. Some of them are just kick-ass movies. And uh... yeah, well, the problem is you got so many crowd pleasers this year, right? There's so many movies that are just fun to watch, and and we're watching this 40 years later. So if we're critics in 1983 and we were doing this in real time, I can see how three movies i'm leaving off this list there's probably at least three more we didn't even review for the podcast that probably would have made the list in 19 that we didn't do the right yeah. stuff um we didn't do flash dance i'm not necessarily saying that would would make it but there's some big movies we didn't do um some big yep. sequels we didn't do superman 3 we didn't do psycho 3 and i don't remember exactly why other than just it didn't work out in terms of whatever other movies were coming out that week that we decided to focus on uh, again, I'm not saying any of those movies would necessarily have made the list, but there's some big ones we missed out on. Um, some 
Oscar players we clearly missed out on because I think the only one that we did do was Terms of Endearment that was a right. major Oscar contender that year. Um, so yeah, so this will be interesting. Like I said, I, I had I had an original list and then I started editing it around and I came up with a final one, I think a final one. And yeah, I'm curious to talk about sort of what our honorable mentions and also ran yeah. would be. So, well, how do you want to do it? You want to just start us off with number 10 and yeah. we'll just mosey on through this? Yeah, I'll start out with my number 10. Uh, it was uh, kind of a hard hard choice between this and another film, but I chose The Outsiders at number 10. Okay. Um, mainly I knew this would be on your list. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's rewatchability with me is obviously huge. Um, I didn't want to put it any higher than 10 because there's actually a lot more fun movies than this in just because I love it doesn't necessarily mean that these other ones don't deserve where they're ranked. So I'm good with Outsiders at 10. Tell us a little bit about The Outsiders, Peter. In case uh, nobody's Ron, heard the other yeah. episode or if they're <laughs> like, oh, I've never heard of The Outsiders and I would like to watch it. Why Why is it making it at number 10 on your on your list? Um, the Outsiders is uh, takes place in the early 1960s, mid-1960s in Oklahoma, um, mainly focusing on this kind of ragtag group of, uh, they're not really a gang, but they all kind of hang out. Uh, they're, they're very poor and live on the bad side of town. They're kind of looked at as, as, you know, these, as the scourge of the earth kind of people by the, by the rich people in their town. Um, they're known as the greasers. The rich people are called the socias and it's kind of about the, the struggle that goes on between those two and the, and the class struggle going on you know just to, to fit in when you are already kind of an outsider so um, <laughs> one of the things i really enjoyed about the the movie is it's uh it's there's a lot of good tension and a lot of good uh good scenes and it also has matt dillon who <laughs> is one of my all-time i was wondering if you were just gonna try to sidestep <laughs> the Matt Dillon. <laughs> no, nope, I can't do that. Film. I'd be remiss if I didn't bring up the great performance by Mr. Matthew Dillon in this film as Dallas Winston. <laughs> um, okay. <laughs> the The Outsiders did not make my list, um, <laughs> which is probably not a huge <laughs> surprise to you. It's, not at all. <laughs> it's not a bad movie by any means. Uh, if If I'm looking at my rankings here... Here, well, here, full disclosure, here's what I did. I made a list, which I showed you, of every single movie that we reviewed. And I just started, and then I went into my notes folder, and I just started writing them down. So it started with joysticks. And then, you know, the next movie was ever, whatever it was, I was like, do I like that better or worse than joysticks? And then I put that one in, you know, say above joysticks. And then the next movie that we did, was that better or worse than that movie? Then in the middle between the two of them, whatever it is. So that's how I did it. And then I looked at that list, and I just went, based on that ranking and and I was very easily able to put together I guess which movies I liked more than the last movie that I just plugged in from that list you yeah, know what I'm saying smart way to do so, it yeah 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 because I didn't want to look at it I want to sit there and be like okay well here's maybe the 20 I like best and then try to like rank them I just said okay just blank slate mind clear here's how I'm going to do this just start 
ranking titles as you go through this list. And that yeah. worked okay for me, but like I said, I had a I have a, a bit of a different list of my uh, just here's here's where these movies rank themselves. And then I started looking at it and thinking about it. I'm like, well, honestly, as much as I think this is maybe the better movie than that movie, I'm going to watch this one more. And then I started bumping them around a little bit. So my number 10 uh, could have been, and I'm going to, I guess, potentially spoil something upcoming, but I could have gone with The Big Chill. I could have gone with The King of Comedy. I could have gone with Videodrome. And I could have gone with Sudden Impact. Those were the four that were tap dancing around for my number 10. Now, as much as okay. I like Sudden Impact, there's a lot of great movies on this list. It's not the best Dirty Harry. It's not a necessarily... It's maybe top tier Clint for the scenes we talked about last week during that episode. Really love that diner scene. Love that elevator scene. I love the funny stuff with his partner. It's, it's a good, solid action movie. Everybody should watch it. Probably not top 10 of the year. Um, Videodrome. I respect its audacity, and I think it's maybe the most interesting movie we saw this entire year, and the yeah. one that we had the most to kind of hash out and try to figure out on the podcast, and I'm not even sure if we got anywhere with it. Um, Big Chill and King of Comedy are neck and neck for me in this race, and I'm going to say that my number 10 movie is The King of Comedy, um, simply because I think The Big Chill has got a little bit more going for it, a little more rewatchability. It resonates a little more. Um, nothing against Robert De Niro, Martin Scorsese. It's a great collaboration. It's a great film. And I was entertained the entire way through. It's suspenseful. It's You feel for the, the Rupert Pumpkin character, and um, and you got Scorsese's usual terrific direction uh so i'm gonna put it at number 10 and i'll just say that i think uh there there's at least the big chill if not video drum and sudden impact are also movies that i would revisit at least as soon as the king of comedy uh, but i think sure. the king of comedy is a is a sort of audacious important film um, especially when you look back on it and, and we got things like the Joker now that are, are essentially a, a, a quasi remake of this movie. Um, so it still resonates. Uh, we're still talking about Scorsese. He's still making movies. So yeah, the King of comedy is sitting comfortably here at, at number 10 on my list. I, uh, I came very close. That's uh that's one of my could have been's for, for number 10 as well. Also Rands. Okay. Gotcha. Also Rands. Yep. Yeah. Um, number nine, uh, I, in a surprising move, put Scarface at number nine. Interesting. Due to I its, liked it a uh, lot more than than I, I did before on rewatch too. It, it might have been right. a contender, but there's just there's way too much this year. So, spoiler alert, yeah. out of my list. But yeah, okay, <laughs> go ahead. Sorry. Oh no, that's I think one of its biggest things with me was how much more I enjoyed it and. Uh, even I I don't want to say rewatchability, but the the more I thought about it, the more kind of fascinated I was with what I had just seen. So, and coming from a place where I never wanted to watch that movie again and hated its very existence to to this point, I'm like, well, I got to put this, I got to put this on the list. So that's why it's arrived at number nine. All right, fair enough. Yeah, I I was much more. Um... 
well, I was going to say entertained, and that's true. I was much more entertained by it, but I was, I was a lot more uh, allowing to kind of give myself over to Scarface at this point than I've ever been in the past. I, I sure. had, I'd seen it when I was a kid, didn't really like it, uh, found it kind of off-putting, and then I saw it more as an adult, but that was post all the ridiculous bullshit of having to deal with douchebags with their, you know, blacklight right. posters of it and t-shirts and the fact that it's mentioned in every lazy ass hip hop song and exactly. whatever. And it's just, yeah, it, I, I kind of had my knives out for that one, but I was surprised by how much I enjoyed it. I think what sinks Scarface for me is the back half of it while entertaining and Pacino continues to be good in it and everything. It just, it, it grinds itself into the ground. And I, I like the first half um, but it didn't, sure. it didn't really, I, I don't know if, uh, we'll get into it. I'm not sure where it kind of falls in terms of how close it was, would have been to making my top 15 or 20, right. I, but we'll see when we get, when we get down there, I've still got them all okay. in order here. So, um, well, Number nine for me. Now, I'm in a sticky situation here because, like I said, I'm kind of looking at two lists I made. And I already mentioned that uh, number 10, I, I was dancing around the king of comedy and the big chill for the potential you know, winners of that list. Now, yeah. number nine on a list I was going to go with, I had private school, which is the Phoebe Cates, Matthew Modine. Now... This is exactly what I was talking about when we started. This is not a movie that would make anybody's top 10 list of 1983. This is not even objectively a great movie. The ending is fucking terrible. But we watched so many high school sex, you know, hijinks, dumb yeah. shit between 1982 and 1983 for this podcast. This is the best one of the bunch. Bar none. Joy 6 came out this year. Um, it's fine. I, I like that movie. It's It's funny and it's entertaining. This is much better than that. Also, this year is Porky's 2, which is a total yeah. piece of shit and probably the worst movie yeah. of the year. In fact, I ranked it dead last, which if we're going to talk about movies we didn't like, that's maybe a spoiler. But um, yeah, I I really enjoyed Private School, at least up until the last 15 minutes or so. That said, I am not going to go with that list. I'm going to bounce back into a different one here. And... Um, the only reason I mentioned that is because Big Chill will pop up again on this list after I just said it was dancing around for number 10. But anyway, at okay. number nine, I have Sleepaway Camp. Um, easily the best horror movie we've watched for this. Well, I don't know. We watched Halloween and Friday the 13th. I think I like it. Yeah. I don't think it's a better movie than either of those two. But if you were to say, hey, Rod, you want to watch Halloween or, or Friday the 13th or Sleepaway Camp right now? I think I'm going to pick Sleepaway Camp. That movie was absolutely just a ton of fucking fun. It's crazy. It's just out of the box in so many ways. The supporting characters are great. The end reveal is great. It it moves along. It's really the best of this sort of uh, mid to late 80s slasher stuff post Halloween and Texas Chainsaw Massacre and Friday the 13th and where, you know, they're churning these out like a dime a dozen and then people are getting a little more subversive and having fun with the genre and stuff like that. And some of this stuff is lazy and crappy and just a cheap cash in. Some of it's way too over the top. This one just settles right in the middle. It finds a really great sweet spot. And uh, I I almost had it higher. I just, like I said, I, I you know, well, like I said, you'll see what's coming up, but I, I can't in good conscience put any of this stuff behind Sleepaway Camp, but 
Sleepaway Cramp is a great fucking movie and it was a huge surprise for me uh, on this yeah, podcast. Yeah, me too. So. <laughs> me too, for sure. And uh, I'll, I'll have some more thoughts on that. <laughs> on that All right. <laughs> um, my number eight movie. Oh, yeah. My number eight movie is another surprise, even to myself, but I found myself to having to keep keep it on the list on uh on multiple multiple lists it still ended up there so i stuck with my number eight movie is rumblefish nice yeah um again another uh coppola movie this one i thought was going to be like a ripoff of the outsiders but it couldn't have been more different and i love the experimentation that he does in that movie and the you know the throwback to older movie styles and kind of throws in his own twists and it's got a very unique musical score with Stuart Copeland and the performances are, you know, are, are really good and really strange. And it's just a, it's a, it's a weird movie, but I, I'm, I'm kind of fascinated by it. I, yeah, I kind of really fucking dig it. I totally agree. It's, it's a great movie. It didn't quite make my list. It's definitely in my next uh, five or 10 or whatever. Um, it was in contention there for a minute, and I thought it might crack it. It just didn't quite do it. Uh, my top five, or even six or seven, is really the thing that is keeping a lot of this stuff out. Because I, like I said at the beginning here, I just forgot how much good stuff there was in a in a normal year. If Rumblefish came out this year, top ten, no questions asked. You know. Yeah. Um, yeah. 1983 looking at things with different lenses uh you know what's endured what i would you know watch again all that kind of stuff it's a little bit of a different story so that that's one weird thing about ranking these movies from so long ago instead of in the moment you've you've got all this uh baggage that comes with them not just what what we like because we sat here and watched all these and we're looking back at them with different different eyes and stuff but also just what uh what, what they mean out in in the world of people and things like that. And so you have these, these seminal hits like big chill in terms of endearment. And um, I don't know what some of the other return of the Jedi and all this stuff. And it's just, it's hard to separate that from something small, like, like rumblefish that really didn't, didn't do anything, but right. that's okay. My number eight movie is death stalker. This is easily the biggest surprise. Most fun I had watching a movie for this podcast did did not see it coming fucking blew me away i thought it was going to be a lot higher uh like i said just in good conscience i can't put it ahead of some of the other stuff on here um but it it has a similar spot as um i guess sleepaway camp for me just in that uh, it's just it's so damn entertaining and i didn't see it coming and it just uh i've talked to death about how much i love this movie it's it's a kind of Conan ripoff. It's what you get for making Conan a hit a year earlier, but I would watch this movie before Conan. Although I, we did Conan for the pod. I, I thought Conan was a nice surprise and a lot more fun Much than, better than I, I expected it to be. Yeah, yeah exactly. Uh, but this one takes Conan and goes to, goes to 10 and it's just, uh-huh. it's, it's really a shitload of fun and people should seek it out. I'm looking forward to doing the, the sequel either as, bonus episode or if we just uh wait till i think it was 1987 so not too far away but we make um, it there yeah yeah it, death stalker is is a great fucking movie in my heart it's it's number one but mm-hmm. um, there are i guess seven movies i think are actually better than that as much as i loved it so 
again, what a competitive year it is. So, absolutely. And uh, one of the things that has brought <clears throat> a lot of one of the things I guess I should say I really enjoy about this podcast is, is something just like Deathstalker or Sleepaway Camp in that. But I've never watched these movies ever or would have right. given them the time of day before this. And now I've seen these movies and I and I fucking love them. And I, it's made me kind of fall back in love with movies, which uh, I'd kind of gotten away from as the years were, were going on. So, yeah, absolutely. Uh, absolutely enjoy little surprises like that. It's funny you say that because. Same with me, you know, I don't know if it's because of streaming or COVID and, and the, the change and sort of things, but I, I've not been seeing as many new movies as I used to. And I I pride myself on and, and consider myself being a, a movie buff and a movie aficionado and, and seeing things that aren't necessarily in my comfort zone and uh, just seeing things that get a lot of good word of mouth or a lot of acclaim. Like I want to I want to be part of that conversation and know what's what. And that has surely slipped off over the last couple of years and maybe it's some of it's just getting older like it's it's kind of like when you talk to people who are just like well i don't want to watch new movies anymore they all suck or they don't appeal to mm-hmm. me or it's like getting too you know whatever out, out of the box for the, the younger generation and it's the same with music and, and just everything else and i guess it's bound to happen but if you fancy yourself a, a movie critic or uh or somebody who's open-minded to this and just wants to see new and interesting and entertaining things it's it's almost depressing that i just don't have a desire to keep up with half the shit that's out there but then i also think actually maybe it's not mean it's just that everything that's coming out is this fucking generic garbage that right you know you, you still have these handful of indie movies and stuff like that but they all seem to be kind of peddling the same sort of mumbly uh you know just sort of uh like wes anderson kind of I, I don't even know what the word is. Just muted, quirky, um, yes. whatever. And then the the rest of the shit you got is fucking Marvel and uh, you know just the big blockbuster stuff or or yeah, remakes DCs upon and, remakes yeah. and sequels uh-huh. upon sequels and and it's just I just don't I don't give a fuck anymore. And even when something comes out that everybody's like it's actually good, go watch it. You know, Maverick is a great example. And I'm like, okay, I I will, and I just haven't. And like I, I have no fucking desire to watch rush out and do it and as much as i'm like i want to see what people are talking about maybe i'll love it and and that's fine i just and the other thing is you get busy you got kids you got a life you got it's like so so now we have more to do than just watch every movie that comes out every weekend and i get that too but but there is definitely a uh a loss of um uh just just wanting to to bother yeah <laughs> I, I just don't right. give a shit anymore i would much rather go back and discover some crazy shit from 1983 like death stalker than bother with oh hey guess what you're gonna really like the next big budget blockbuster fucking thing that came mm. out this year like okay well i'll watch death stalker yeah. for free on tubi or whatever like <laughs> i spent uh i spent two and a half hours yesterday uh watching a movie on netflix and i Still have no idea if I liked it or don't like it. I'm just I feel so numb after watching it. It's this uh oh gosh, I can't even think of the name of it. It's um but it's got Julia Roberts and, and oh. Ethan Hawke and Leave the World Behind. Okay. Uh, I'm aware of it. Uh, I have yeah. not watched it and I have no idea what it's about. I saw some But yeah, it's yeah. it's just another one of these movies that's got big stars, um but again they I don't know what it is with a lot of these straight to streaming movies and movies in general, but has no business being two and a half hours. And especially 
a movie like this that doesn't it kind of takes two and a half hours to unravel what what is really happening right. so like like it ends and you're like well i feel kind of empty and numb as opposed to feeling fulfilled yeah <laughs> and that's well, just how movies are now I, Kate and I watched the, the Holdovers. That's the um, Paul Giamatti. Uh, what's the name of the director of Rushmore? And um, yeah, Alexander Payne. Yeah, Alexander Payne. Thank you. Yes. So that's good. It's a good movie, and uh, I'm glad I watched it. And I would tell anybody to see it. That said, this isn't 1998 anymore, and I'm not like, oh my god. You know, it's just like. Okay, that yeah. that was a that was a good one. That one didn't totally disappoint me. It's not a total piece of shit. Like I'll probably watch it again at some point, you know, maybe it'll become like a Christmas thing. I don't know. But it's not there's there's just none of this like passion or excitement for a movie like that. Now it's just more like, well, thank God that didn't suck, or thank God that was yes. worth our ten dollars <laughs> or whatever. I, right. I don't know, man. And and I hate to get to that cynical place, but um again, yeah, I just I, I much more look forward to watching whatever dumb shit we're going to watch for the first pod in January than any of this. Exactly. Yeah. Really, really stuff. But yeah. Anyway, uh, am I up? What are we on to? Number seven? I think, I think I'm up for number seven. Okay. You did your number eight, right? Uh, yeah. What was it? <laughs> of course kidding. it was, uh, death stalker. Oh. <laughs> death stalker. Yeah. <laughs> um, my number seven was sleep away camp. And, nice. Uh, yeah. Just, now I uh, now I feel guilty. I should have I should have just moved her up where I wanted her to go. But <laughs> um, yeah, you'll find this list to be kind of wonky, especially as we get. Yeah, Sleepaway Camp, fantastic movie. A lot of fun. A lot of just over the top things and and hilarious moments that that pro- that I know the movie's gained a bit of a cult following over the years, which I think is great. And uh, I'm excited to see the sequel to this with Bruce Springsteen's sister at some point. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and it's and not also, as good, but it is good. Although that's me remembering it from whenever I watched it, however many years ago. So who knows? Right. But, uh, but yeah, <laughs> it's worth watching. <laughs> we also have the, the, uh, the, I need to shout out the, the, the boy in the movie, the cousin of the, of the main Ricky! character because Ricky, yeah, his performance was, <laughs> fucking oscar worthy man give that yeah. guy his flowers <laughs> <laughs> he was fantastic in that movie yep agreed 100 percent. yeah i had to put it higher i just there's there's so much stuff on this list where i'm like okay listen to your heart listen to your passion but i'm like okay you gotta sneak in this movie that movie or, or whatever and yeah that is exactly where I'm going to with my number seven, and it's the big chill. I know, like I, I said earlier, I'm I'm kind of hedging with it was it was number ten was going to be the big chill, king of comedy, Videodrome. Those were those were sort of the the ones that were kind of dancing for that. And then I I kind of restructured the list and said, you know what, I I think it's a good movie. Um, I think the soundtrack makes it well worthwhile and also remembered i think the cast is terrific i think they all do a really good job we were talking about behringer and hurt um and and yeah just the more i think about it even though it's not the kind of movie i'm gonna rewatch often and it, it doesn't mean as much to me as maybe my you know say parents generation i get it like i feel it i can feel this movie if it were about our generation or something. And if somebody does do yeah. that, it will not be made nearly as well. And I'm sure it's already been done. I can't think of it off the top of my head. There's probably several, 
don't know, obviously didn't sit with me or resonate in any hardcore particular way, the way this movie did for boomers. And for that alone, it's worth something. Um, I also just, just had a good time watching it and uh, I had a good time talking about it on the pod. That's the one we had Kate on for. I know she would probably rank it as number one or two this year. Um, I'm not, I'm not doing this for her. Believe me, it was not even on the list, but the more I thought about it, I feel like it's a seminal film and uh, I did enjoy it. So I got to put it above at least Death Stalker and Sleepaway Camp. That said, <laughs> if you were like, run, <laughs> here's three movie options. <laughs> Death Stalker, Sleepaway Camp, or Big Chill. The Big Chill's not making the, the rewatch anytime soon. So take the best view on it. Yeah, pump pump Big yeah. Chill back to number 10 or 9 or something. But uh, <laughs> but obviously it's it's a much much better film, a more important film, a more seminal film, and uh, I'm, I'm going to give it its, its due for that. Yeah, but that's not to take anything away from Death Stalker and Sleepaway Camp, which at the end of the day, no matter what my number one is, um, I think those two are are the most fun, the biggest surprises, and the ones that, uh, again, I would rewatch in a heartbeat. So. Yeah. Um. All right. All right. Did I totally number- trample on what you were talking about? With uh, I I feel like I stopped you in the middle of Sleepaway no. Camp and moved on to Big. Oh Show. no, we we're no. <laughs> no. I I uh I just needed to say that about. Uh about the boy that's that's about all ricky? i needed to yep. yeah ricky. ricky's good shit <laughs> <laughs> uh, my number six is risky business Ooh, which nice. i yeah i had uh kind of uh thought about having a sleepaway camp higher but um risky business was a, was another kind of a surprise for me another movie that i had i'd never seen it but i never really wanted to see it either and I found it to be uh, one of the better of the of the uh, teen. Well, I don't want to call it a teen sex comedy, but it, it pretty much is. You know, it's it's that's pretty much the the gist yeah. of it. But I, I I really enjoyed it. I enjoyed the I enjoyed the humor. I enjoyed the oh, uh, I enjoyed Tom Cruise and the ridiculous things that you know the different scenarios he'd get himself caught in 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 trying to to do all this and accomplish what he wanted to accomplish. And I, it was a much different movie than I thought. I thought it was just going to be him having this brothel, the whole movie and, and what happens from there, but there's actually a lot more to it and it's got some good humor and some good callbacks. And um, yeah, I, I enjoyed it. Yeah. It's a, it's a good, good movie. And um, I am embarrassed to admit this, but I didn't even fucking write it on the list as I was writing them all down. So <laughs> I totally forgot about it and I don't know where it, I don't think it would change my top 10 at all. Um, sure. Bottom, you know, going into the 15, 20, perhaps I'll see if I can slip mm. it in here somewhere when we talk about those. But yeah, I don't know what happened there. I was, uh, was like I said, try to just rank them all based on looking at that list, but my eyes must've betrayed me as is what's going on, which is why I got to go see the fucking uh, optometrist and, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but no i just i totally fucking missed it but uh yeah yeah if it was on the top of my brain it would have would have made the list um i i love a lot about that movie and i do have some nostalgia for it i, I watched it a ton when i was a kid uh you know i'm not the biggest tom cruise fan as we've discussed ad nauseum and um i think he's good in it i think he's good in all the right moves as well uh i just yeah, for again, for whatever reason, there's just so many good movies this year, and so many. It's not even that. I I, I think there's maybe you know five to seven great movies from this year, mm-hmm. but 
then from there, I think there's 20 that are just could go either way. And and risky business yeah. is one of those. A couple of the ones I mentioned that might have tied for number 10 is one of those. Um, yeah, so it's just it's a tough tough year with a lot of movies that are really right on par with each other, and that's that's rough. Uh, that, that yeah, really makes you have to think about it a little bit. So I had seriously considered, you know. All the right moves being on there, but then I'd already had, I had two Coppola movies on there. I didn't want to have four of the ten movies taken up by Tom Cruise or Coppola, <laughs> <laughs> you know. Well, I think that's that's fair if that's uh, true. If that's how you, you feel, know? right? I mean, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, what, whatever. It's not like uh, it'd be the first time some major director had. You know more than one movie in, multiple on a, right. on a list in the year but and, and it's crazy that coppola had two movies and and cruz had two and and stephen king adaptations there's two or three and uh it's just this this is a very weird year for a lot of guys doing a lot of stuff i mean a lot of stuff yeah the same people <laughs> yeah mm-hmm. all right what are we up to number six here yeah all right number six on my list is trading places Eddie Murphy, Dan Aykroyd, um, comedy classic, huge hit, uh, Christmas movie classic even, perhaps. Um, yeah. Jamie Lee Curtis's sort of watershed moment. I guess you could argue that's Halloween, but she kind of floundered a bit as the kind of final girl, screen queen. Uh, John Landis took a risk on her in this, and it, it blew up her career. And yeah, this movie, not only do I think it's funny, but I think it has a lot of sort of insightful things to say about race relations and class relations. And I appreciated the hell of this movie. I found it funny. I found it entertaining. I think everybody who's a comedy fan should see it. It's one of Murphy's best. It's certainly one of Aykroyd's best. So I've never particularly loved. I, I can, I can take him or leave him. I think he's fine. I think he's good in things he's good in. And I think there's other things where I'm just like, uh, that the Dan Aykroyd uh, sort of model is annoying. Um, yeah, <laughs> but this is one of his good ones. John Landis, I think, is mostly hit for me more so than miss, and I say that knowing full well that a lot of his misses are things I love, a la Oscar. Um, but yeah, yeah I, I, it's just it's my kind of movie through and through, and it also was apparently pretty much everybody's kind of movie in 1983 is a huge hit, one of the bigger ones, and uh, yeah, I, I have no yeah that uh, that movie was. I was very close to adding it to the top ten. It's it's right, right outside of it. I I also really liked that movie. I had a lot of fun with it. I had never seen it the whole way through before this podcast, and uh, I was glad I did. I was glad I saw it. Definitely yep. one I'd rewatch. Well, Ron, we now enter the top five, and this we is do. where it's going to get fun. Mm-hmm. My number five movie of nineteen eighty three. It was a little film called Revenge of the Ninja. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, I had really so I, I thought one. we I thought we both kind of agreed that this one was good, fun, whatever, but not uh, like I thought we thought it petered out kind of at the end. And um, I think yeah, and, as and, good as Deathstalker, so that kind of hurt right. it because we watched them the same week. I'm not trying to dissuade you. I'm just saying, like, oh yeah, I didn't, I didn't get the hit off you that this was going to be a top five movie for the year when we watched it. 
Yeah, I think it was one of those things that as as time went on, the more I thought about this movie and you know, and that and that episode, especially with with Deathstalker and Revenge of the Ninja, it was it was like two batshit movies in a row, and it was yeah. And I <clears throat> I had a lot of fun with Revenge of the Ninja, and it, and it's just it's it's cheesy fun. Um, oh, it's a it's a great fun movie. I'm not trying to talk yeah. you out of it. I'm just I I'm a little surprised that it not only major list, but it's so so high on it. So yeah, good, I think it's just you. the way it's stuck in my head since I saw it. So yeah, it's a <laughs> it it's something that uh, it's probably the one I wrestled with the most in terms of like man, I do I do love this movie. Do I do I put it this high? Is it ridiculous? Yeah. Fuck it, I'm doing it. <laughs> good for you. That's what what it's all about, man. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Ninja Ninja Mania in the mid '80s, especially from our buddies over at the Canon Group. So. Uh, yeah, I've got no problems with that. My number five is a similarly titled film, although much, much bigger. Um, biggest film of the year. It's Return of the Jedi. If you'd have asked me a year ago if any Star Wars movie would make any of my top tens, I'd have told you no. <laughs> um, I don't I don't hate Star Wars. I'm anything against it, but I, I it's very mediocre to me. It always has been. And I was. If you remember our episode, completely blown away by how much I, I enjoyed it. Uh, if we'd have started ranking these movies back then, it would have been a lot higher. Um, it's just we watched some of the other ones that I've always really liked, and I kind of just rediscovered how, why I liked them or how much I liked them, or you know, rekindled this love affair with them. And so there's there's four or so that I can place above it. But um, yeah, this this was. Uh, outside of stuff like Deathstalker and Private School and uh, Sleepaway Camp and stuff like that, this is the big surprise of the year for me. I was really ready to just be like, I got to spend two plus hours with this bullshit again. And uh, <laughs> watching it analytically and critically, I I kind of fell in love with it, and and I really really like it. And even of the first three Star Wars movies, which again I'm not a huge fan of of any of them necessarily, although who knows, maybe I should watch them again like I did this one and maybe I'll change my mind, but this was the one I expected to like the least. Uh, I would right. I would have put star Wars and empire above it. And who knows, maybe I still would if I watched them all again, but um, I, I did not, I expected to be like, well, Peter, uh, it's all right. But uh, you know, I, I think the other two are better and I'd rather have rewatched those, but this one really, really kind of blew me away. And I was, I was happy for it. And yeah. I'm no, I have not become a, a Warzy or a Starzy or I don't know what they call the Star Wars people. <laughs> I don't even know if they, <laughs> yeah, whatever they're Workies. called. Incels. I think incels is what they typically. <laughs> no, no. It's don't send me your fucking uh, Force Awakens hate mail bullshit. I understand why we all don't like certain movies that don't feed nostalgia. Believe me, I. I'm president of that fan club. All right. Uh, anyway, point is, great movie, great surprise, great fun. Uh, I mean, it, it looks great. It holds up like a motherfucker. Uh, it, it affects everything. Um, I there, I had a few reservations with it. I think we talked about maybe the fact that I didn't love the Luke and Leia thing, and uh, you know, there's the, everybody looks like a Muppet or a puppet or whatever. But that only adds to its charm. Um, yeah, I, I I don't know. For for 1983, this movie is fucking bangers, and I really enjoyed the shit out of it. So yeah, 
I was uh, it's one of the big surprises for me is that that you liked it as much as you did because I fully came into that episode thinking you were gonna not like it at yeah. all and trying to be Mr. Certain. Objective, you know? Yeah, <laughs> Mr. Objectivity. Yeah, living in living in the moment. I it's appreciated. <laughs> um, <laughs> number four for me is Terms of Endearment. I had uh, kind of number three and number four were kind of like could could go either way with for me. Um, again, not not something I'll probably ever watch again. But at the same time, <laughs> right? <laughs> at the same time, I, I I understood why it got the acclaim it did. I really liked the performances in it. I normally could care less about. Deborah Winger or Shirley MacLaine, and I thought they were both really good. And Jeff Daniels right. was good, and it was a nice little slice of humanity. And the uh, the characters in the movie to me are what what kind of saved it from from all the other movies that have been made like this. And the you know Deborah Winger is Deborah Winger until the end. She she's she's herself, and that's who she's going to be. And even in even as she's facing her own mortality, she's still she's still kind of goofy and um, and just is is who she is till the end. Yeah. And I I thought that was a a really neat thing. And I I liked the directing. And yeah, it was I could see why it won Best Picture. And I don't mean yeah. to downplay it by saying I wouldn't want to watch it again. But it it's a heavy one. But I I. As a professional crier, I did not uh, tear up that much in this one, and I'm, <laughs> I, uh, I think that's what kind of helps it too with me is that it it didn't play to the, even though it's sad, it didn't like linger on it too much. It just uh, it had, it had its it had its sad moment, but it moved right on to something else. And and also shout out to Jack Nicholson because I thought he was a good little side character in that movie, and I had totally forgotten that he was in it, so that was a nice surprise. Yeah. I mean, everybody's super fucking good in that movie. It's it's a great movie, and uh, supporting cast Jeff Daniels and John Lithgow. Uh, you know, they they deserve shoutouts too. Um, didn't quite make my list. It's it would be in that top fifteen or twenty or whatever. But um, I think the biggest surprise for me with that movie, and, and we talked about this on the pod, is that we always thought of it as the cancer movie or this huge tearjerker yeah. based on that last scene. And I think what's so interesting about it is it's really just this sort of very um, banal sort of snapshot of these two women's lives mother and daughter they just what what happens when they're younger what happens in the middle of life what happens when they're getting a little older and then you know this tragedy befalls deborah winger where she gets cancer and they have the, the sad scene with the sons but it's all just rat-a-tat-tat it's not lingered on it's not yes. this isn't like a thing where we're going to um give it any more you know, play than necessary. And I don't mean that in a cynical way, like, oh, somebody getting cancer and dying isn't a big deal. The, the movie makes you feel it. It's still sad and, and you feel bad about it, but it doesn't spend the entire last half just watching her wither away and, and it doesn't wallow in misery and, and right. really put the screws to you. And I think that's admirable. Uh, normally you'd be like, oh, of course, the mother-daughter relationship cancer tearjerker movie would win best picture this is not that movie um it's got a lot more going for it and it's a lot more quirky and, and interesting than all that um that said we did kind of mention how 
it does just seem as much as it's admirable that it's just a, a, a snapshot of these women's lives. It also makes it feel a little bit like, well, okay. The, 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 it's not a, not a thing that you necessarily need to get too invested in or, or whatever. And I think that's what sure. kind of ruined it for me a little bit. It just didn't quite, quite grab me. I know I'm speaking out of both sides of my mouth here. Cause at one point I'm saying, don't make it this fucking movie where you're like grabbing me by the, the shirt and saying cancer, you know, this is sad. Right. Like, you know, she's dying. <laughs> but at the same time, I'm, I'm like, well, this, this movie just kind of goes about it's, it's, running time and ends and that's it. And, and, and I'm docking it for that, but I don't know. I mean, there, there's other examples of movies that do that sort of thing. Well, um, and it hits home a little more. And I guess maybe this one just didn't kind of grab me the way I wanted it to. There were maybe a little more lulls or dead spots or stuff. I didn't find interesting sure. or whatever it was. I was never not entertained. I always liked the movie. I was on its wavelength. I was digging it. Uh, but it just it didn't it didn't grab me or, or move me a, a ton and and I think that's why I left it out of the top ten. But okay, that's just me. So my number four is National Lampoon's Vacation. Um, this movie can't not make my list. It's a, a thing I've been watching all my life. I love Chevy Chase. I love Beverly D'Angelo. I particularly like this first one. It's a little more raunchy. Uh, the amount of classic scenes and lines uh, is, you know, at least need both hands to count them. Um, great cast. I don't know. I, it's it's one of the better comedies of the year. I call it the best, except I got one more on here. But <laughs> but yeah, I I love the shit out of this movie, and and I could it could be an annual watch for me. Most people would do Christmas Vacation, and and I agree that's that's also a great one, and I. I get why it's easy to that watch that one annually because it's Christmas, but right. um, vacation is a much more uh, uh, in terms of Chevy Chase's performance and the the uh, relationship with the kids and and that whole thing and just the uh, craziness that happens on this you know at the actual vacation. Yeah, absolutely. It's to me, it's a it's a ton of fun. It's a it's another one that I wasn't a big fan of. I had seen it probably four or five times before watching it for this but this was definitely the time that i liked it the most and was kind of picking up on on yeah. things and and little uh things that i would call a callback or you know there's scenes in in the other vacation movies that you can tell are are a tribute yeah. to to this Good to one. <laughs> yes <laughs> yeah <laughs> And then, you know, the Wally World shit and everything and, and John Candy popping up and the stuff with um, uh, Randy Quaid and at his trailer park and just uh -huh. all that. And there's Man, just their and, travels, uh, you know, driving yeah. through, uh, you know, Detroit or whatever it was or St. Oh, Louis. St. Louis, Louis, yeah. 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 <laughs> it's, it's pretty fucking good. So. All um, right. My number three is the big chill. Um, yeah. Again, I was going back and forth between this, uh, this and uh, terms of endearment. It's kind of the, I don't know, like part of another thing I grappled with is like, are, these are like safe. I want, I, I didn't want them to come across as safe fix, but right. I also really, really enjoy the big chill and seeing it as an adult. And uh, yeah, the, like you said, the soundtrack's fucking amazing. And, 
performances are all good. And it was kind of a, uh, it was kind of surprising how dialogue driven it is. And, and it, you know, to some people that could be a turnoff or your mileage may vary in terms, because there's a lot of scenes that are really don't have anything to do with the movie <laughs> in terms of, yeah. it'll just be a, a brief conversation between actor A and actor B. And they move on to a different scene of two other people talking or doing something. And I kind of, I liked that. I thought it was kind of original, kind of unique, not, it, not off from like a, you know, like a play or something where it's very dialogue driven sure. but this this yeah. worked for It'd me definitely be a play in fact i'm surprised nobody adapted it into a play right? at some point it'd be very easy to do maybe they did yeah maybe exactly. we shouldn't even say that before <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> <Check> <laughs> <it>. but <laughs> yeah I, you know i forgot to mention when i brought it up uh lawrence caston uh writer director and um you know he prior to this wrote uh empire strikes back uh <laughs> and raiders of the lost ark so he's a uh, you know he, he can do the big studio stuff and obviously knock it out of the park and then he can come back and do some shit like this his his late 80s and, and early 90s is fucking insane um a lot of great movies from grand canyon which is like kind of a 90s big chill and i know that movie is kind of a flop but i love it to fucking death i, I like it i do too chill. and um also some shit like uh uh what's that one where kevin klein plays the uh, uh, uh i love you to death I love Kevin Klein and Tracy Ellman. Uh, he uh-huh. plays like a philanderer, almost kind of like a variation on his fish called Wanda character, and uh, just just kind of doing that shit again. And uh, yeah, he's he's a, a great writer director. And I think what happened was, you know, he started as a writer, kind of became a director, had some success, had some misses, and then all of a sudden he went back to being more of a writer guy. Where to the point where you know they made Solo, and, and they're like, okay, well, uh, we got to bring in Lawrence Caston in here to write this, of course. And uh, so it, the right. bloom was off the rose as a director a little bit, but he's still a, a sought-after writer who can, you know, create a tight, entertaining script with with the best of them. And um, yeah, and like you said, that's the reason I put it on my list. I, I I wasn't trying to be safe, and I wasn't trying to just make sure I was getting on what should be on there. Um, but I. Yeah, the big chill is just—it's got to be on there somewhere. So right. And even though I, I could have put it at number ten and bumped King of Comedy, I, I felt like I—they they both deserve a spot here. So or or sure. or, or, or two serious, uh, uh, potentially Oscar critically valued movies, I think deserve a spot here. Can't all be shit like Deathstalker and Sleepaway Camp. <laughs> Right. (laughs) Even Return of the Jedi, which obviously is a huge movie and and a well-regarded movie and stuff like that. Um, It's, it's just, it's a big action movie that I gotta, I gotta represent some 83 (laughs) dramas. Yeah. (laughs) Right. Adult films. So, uh, all right. My number three movie is the man with two brains. Um, This movie could have easily been number one. Now we're getting into uh, just interchangeable shit for me. Sure. Uh, I know this wouldn't make most people's top 10 list of the year. And I know that a lot of people have never even seen or, or don't remember this movie. It's fucking hilarious. Every time I watch it, Steve Martin is a goddamn genius in this. Uh, Kathleen Turner is amazing. The fucking script and direction by Carl Reiner, the callbacks, the, the absurdist stuff. I mean, this is another one I could just put on right now. 
we've we've talked about a couple movies like this and i know i just kind of got done saying i could watch death stalker sleepaway camp or whatever like you know before xyz movies i don't know that i could watch them all the time but we've talked about some movies like major league or caddyshack those are mine not necessarily yeah. yours but i know but man with two brains falls into that category put it on right now i'm watching that movie i'm laughing my ass off it's not quite like anything else out there it didn't really connect at the time but i think when it was on TV and stuff, which was where I discovered it. And then didn't even realize it was kind of an R-rated, um, you know, sort of, I don't want to say raunchy, but it definitely had some some shit in it. And, yeah. and then when I saw it for the first time on, on, you know, video or DVD or whatever it was, I, I was just like, this is even fucking better. And um, it's, it's my favorite comedy of 1983, which is why I kind of had a little reservation with Vacation. Um, sure. But yes love love it to death and would watch it right now if given i <laughs> right i i came away with from that movie very surprised having known very little about it and there's some there's some absolutely yeah like you said the the absurdist humor in it is is there's a scene where a woman gets he hits a woman with a car and he goes up to this this little girl, and I'm sure, I know you could do the scene a lot more justice than I do, but he, he just this girl's probably four or five, and he has like these like a five paragraph instruction on what to do, who to call, <laughs> tell him, you know, and she, and repeats, she repeats it right back to him. Yes, yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. And all the stuff with like Doctor Necessitor and his, uh, yes. his lab and, and the walls being <laughs> quote like paper thin, and then they literally can just yeah. punch through them. And the monkey and oh god, the the eleva- elevator killer is is Merv Griffin, and just that the hooker he picks up with the voice. Yeah. Oh my god, the fucking movie is so good. <laughs> yeah, oh. it is really good. I should have. Uh... I should have given that more and more consideration. My, uh, I don't have any comedies on my top ten, but um, well, Peter, we're getting towards you got two left, and there's got to be at least one quasi comedy on there because if it's not in there, I'll be shocked. <laughs> um, well, I might, I might shock you then. <laughs> wow. Okay. Yeah. What is your number two? My number two film of 1983 was Deathstalker. <laughs> Man, I was gonna, I was gonna go so hard on Deathstalker, and then I was just like, oh, let me pull it back. And well, that that's actually good because if you had Revenge of the Ninja on there and not Deathstalker, it'd have been a little. Yeah, that would have. Yeah, that would have been problematic. Yeah, Deathstalker was was probably my favorite movie of 1983 of what we, in terms of what we watched. Uh, you know, that number one. Are, are kind of interchangeable for me, but this one in terms of entertainment and getting in and out of the door in, in 90 minutes time and the amount of shit that happens in the 90 minutes is, yeah. is something I'll never, I'll never forget. And just <laughs> sitting there with my eyes agape, like what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I know, I, I know the feeling. It's it's a fucking movie, all right. It's a yeah, it's a movie and a half. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, it, it's it's a very good movie. I know a lot of people probably haven't seen it, or probably even heard of it, or or if they have, they're just like whatever. Fuck this Conan ripoff shit. But uh, looking at it now, uh, it's it's just so much fun. I, I don't know. Um, it is. 
so well here's the thing I don't, I don't know if we should try to guess each other's number ones because I kind of want to play that game because I feel like, I know I still have number two to go, but I feel like uh, if you say that your number one movie is not a quasi-comedy, I don't know, like, like we're coming down to the end here, and if, if this movie I'm thinking of is not on your list, I, I, I honestly don't know what the hell your number one would be, and I don't know why this wouldn't make your top ten, but... Uh, <laughs> but that, okay, so so if you're saying it's not a quasi comedy, then I gotta actually think not. about what your number really, man. Yeah. Wow, dude, I'm looking at what's left here, and all right, well, my number two is The Evil Dead. Um, this is I I I realized a couple years ago that I liked Evil Dead better than Evil Dead Two, and I was all of a sudden okay. like, you see, everybody's uh, everybody's thing is always like Evil Dead Two is actually the better movie. It's it's whatever, and I I, I agreed with that when I was younger, like in the mm-hmm. early nineties. Then a couple years ago, I watched the Evil Dead like in earnest for the first time. I watched it on a shitty. Sam Raimi once said the best way to watch this movie is on on a shitty VHS on the cheapest crappy TV you can find, and that's how you're going to get the full experience. <laughs> And I I was like, you know what? Fuck that. I'm not going to buy the Blu-ray or whatever else I'm going to get. And I didn't buy a VHS because I, you know, they're, they're outmoded, but I bought just a regular standard edition DVD, no bells, no whistles, no upgrades, no two to special edition, just a a shitty thing. Watched it. And, and I was like, yes, great. And then I watched evil Dead two again after that. And I was like, ah, you know what? I think this is actually the better movie. So I, I've, I've wrestled with this one a little bit, but we watched it again for the podcast we talked about it. I honestly think that even though I still would say Evil Dead 2 is the better movie, at least right now, apparently every decade I change, but um, there is no other movie this fucking year like this movie. Uh, there's no movie made. Well, there probably were made, but in this top 10 that has this low of a budget, this idea of a bunch of people going out into the woods and just doing something and coming back with such fucking lightning in a bottle that yeah. not only is the movie fucking great and, and a huge hit and something original and different and Sam Raimi's direction is a breath of fresh air and all the shit he does, but they also were able to parlay it into a terrific series with actually pretty good remakes and spinoffs and, and reboots and, and everything else. And uh, Bruce Campbell is fucking amazing. And um, yeah, it's just if, if there's one movie this year, other than perhaps Videodrome, that you can say is a true audacious original it's this one. The only thing that I think makes it better than video drama is it's just a whole lot fucking more entertaining and rewatchable and, yeah. and you know, less less you gotta wrestle with. Um yeah, it's it's a classic. It's a fucking classic. I don't <clears throat> Right. I yeah, I had only ever seen Evil Dead Two. I always liked it. Uh yeah, I always thought Evil Dead One is just gonna be cheap and, and right. shitty, but it, and in a sense it kind of is, but it's not shitty in a <laughs> Right. bad way it's it's it's, it's cheap got but well done budget. for being cheap and that's yeah. it's that's its charm that it works really well i'm back to believing i like evil dead 2 better uh, i did watch it again after this one and I'm, I'm back on team evil dead 2 but i'm not gonna dock evil dead because of that uh, if i if i right. saw this movie in 83 it would it'd probably easily be my number one movie and 
that's just the kind of fucker I am, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I I still need to see Army of Darkness. That's uh, I know a lot of people that like that movie, and I that's I'd fun like too. to give that a watch. Yeah, different animal. If you're expecting another kind of low budget, uh, just like kind of doing some original thing we can with a small budget. It's not quite that. It, it goes a little more kind of crazy and madcap and slapstick and they got a bigger budget. So they're doing some stuff with that. Um, so completely different vibe, but still a very fun Sam Raimi, Bruce Campbell movie. And right. And yeah. That's awesome. I'd like to check it out sometime. All right. So with the number ones, um, I have no idea what yours is going to be. I can tell you, I don't even know if I would be able to guess well, I, if, if you say yours is not in any way a comedy, correct? Correct. Wow. I'm going to say your number one is... Just looking at the list here. You already said Outsiders. Um... Is this going to be the dead zone? It is not the dead zone. All right, give me one more guess. I know it's not okay. Cujo. <laughs> it's not Cujo. <laughs> he already said terms of endearment. Um. Well, here, let me ask you this. Is it one that I had on my list? Yes. So it's the king of comedy. No, fuck it. It's it Return of the Jedi. Yes. <laughs> you got it. Okay. My number one film of 1983 is Return of the Jedi. Forgot um, all about that one already. That's the only reason it's not higher on my list, because it's still easy to feel like, oh yeah, that's a movie I watched and care about and liked. Weird. <laughs> <laughs> this... uh. This film is is a great end to uh, the original trilogy of of the Star Wars. It's um, it's got the perfect. It hits a lot of the perfect notes. There's a lot of fun had with with Harrison Ford and uh, and Carrie Fisher, and uh, you know Mark Hamill's a little bit more dark and serious in this one as he becomes more full on Jedi, and uh, it it. I believe you said it too. It it looks like it looks amazing still to this day. You know the yeah some of yeah. the effects you could you could nitpick at, but for it being 1983, it's, it looks fucking. I don't crazy. know, man. That fucking forest chase and stuff. I mean, obviously you can do things better with CGI where it just looks a little more like smooth or whatever. But I mm-hmm. I don't know that that looked completely fucking. Uh, look, we saw some shit like Jaws three this year. Uh, yes. I, I don't have the list in front of me at the moment, but. There definitely some other crap that just, you know, looks like total shit. And this movie, granted, higher budget and everything, but, it, you know, they're still burdened by the same issues that any other studio would have in terms of technology and stuff. And uh, right. it it looks so good. I think it holds up that, uh, again, I, I keep coming back to that, that chase in the woods because the space stuff we've seen in the other two. Um, mm-hmm. And maybe I'm just misremembering about how how they did woods action, or if they did woods action in the other ones. But those uh, and and there's Star Wars fans out there just fucking like clawing their eyes out right now. Listen to me try to explain this. <laughs> what do you call the things they were riding on in the damn forest? Oh, 
God, I don't know the name. Yeah, that I don't yeah. know. <laughs> okay. There is an official name of it, but I don't know. Okay. Well, anyway, <laughs> them them flying those things around is cool, and uh, yeah, it 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 looks good even for today. And the only reason it would look any better is just it, you 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 would it wouldn't quite look the same, but it would also look worse in a way because you'd just be like, oh, that's all just computer background and fucking whatever. So. I appreciate right. the fact they had to do some sort of practical something with how they made all that happen. And to that end, it looks even better. Anyway, sorry to interrupt you. Go ahead. Oh, no, that's okay. Uh, also, shout out to John Williams. I, music mm-hmm. in a movie can can sometimes ruin it. Sometimes it can be one of the best parts. And I think this is one of those examples where it's one of the best parts. It's a He's got a great, great score. He's got a great eye for when when to utilize certain music in certain scenes and this uh is his music to me is always he's always going to be kind of the uh the uh one number one in terms of music and movies i've I've just always loved his work and i think it's this movie he kills it again with just awesome awesome music and awesome timing of the music so yeah uh yeah that's Yeah, Except for is, uh, 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 the Michael Kamen and Lethal Weapon score. That's... Well, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> I was watching Lethal phone. Weapon. I was watching Lethal uh-huh. Weapon, Kate, on uh, whatever day that was. You were texting me, and I said, "Oh, sorry, I haven't gotten to my phone or, or whatever it was." Because we spent all day watching movies, and then I just passed out and didn't get to my phone until yeah. the next morning. But uh, we were watching that, and she's like, "The score of this is so ridiculous." I mean, it is not. It's fucking iconic. It's great. It's perfect. It it Jeez. sells the story. And and I guess I was thinking about, it, I'm like, yeah, I suppose if like I was watching this movie for the first time, and all you heard was like, you know. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> it might be a little jarring, but it's so it's it's just like home to me at this point. You know, it's just that's oh yeah, comfort. that's comfort. Nice blanket. Shit, yeah, yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah. And I appreciate the shit. It's not like one of those things where I'm like, oh, it's 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 background fodder, and I don't even notice it anymore. It's like I I notice it, and and I love it. <laughs> like I can't wait yeah. till that sax riff kicks in or or whatever. So <laughs> right. So yes, I oh, appreciate a good perfectly. score, and, and I agree. Williams is is a master. He's up there, you know, top five with some of the the big ones. And uh, I'm only joking about the lethal weapon thing. However, uh, I'm not I'm not not serious about it. <laughs> right. <so. laughs> the quasi comedy that you were uh, shocked was not on my top ten list. Is it one that you've done? Is it? Nope. Have you set it on your list? Okay. It's my number right. one. Oh wow! Oh wow! All right. I can't believe this isn't even on your fucking list, dude. Uh, number one is a Christmas story. Story, all right. <laughs> Did you yeah. consider it or forget about it or what? No, it, uh, it, it that I was gonna say it at the when I mentioned the Outsiders because I'm like they're kind of similar to me in that they are I love them so much, but when I'm making this list, I wanted I wanted it to be not just that, you know, like. I know I love these movies, um, but I also want to kind of like open my mind up a little more and and just yeah it so it was, it was sure to not even around. have a top ten I mean like <laughs> it was it was on it was on list number one in the top ten I think it was number seven in the original list yeah so well, we can we can get into my it was not number one on my original list uh, I thought about it a little harder and I'm just like okay what of all these movies which one do I you know, do I watch the most? I mean, how how iconic do I think this is? 
I mean, my kids watch it now. Um, and then even just, it's not even just like, well, this movie's really stood the test of time, so it's got to be number one. Like, I watched this movie just recently because it's Christmas right now, and I, and I still yeah. love the shit out of it. And I, the artistry of, we, we talked about it back uh, on the pod, and we talked about it uh, almost a year ago before that, where we counted down our Christmas movies. And um, it just never fails to disappoint. Kate and I went to a just random um like antique store the other day and it was one of these places where it has like multiple rooms you walk through it and they were fucking showing it on um just like a little pull down projector screen for the kids to sit there and watch they didn't even have the sound on and we we were sitting there having a couple drinks because the place had drinks and we're just like man you don't even need the fucking sound to watch this movie you can just yeah watch this thing and and there's something cool happening every five minutes there's like an iconic scene or a a joke or something that you know and it's just it's it's an amazing movie how it stood the test of time that's one feather in its cap but then just even on top of that like it's i I mean if there's one movie that's come out of 1983 that anybody's gonna go oh yeah i know that or i love that or i've seen that Mm -hmm. I watch that all the time. It's it's a Christmas story, and this is a year with shit like Return of the Jedi, a Vacation, and uh, uh, you know the Big Chill, and, uh, and these all these big titles, Scarface, even, yeah, um, and, and some we haven't talked about, War Games. Uh, and, you know, there, there's just movies that they've all kind of stood the test of time, where people tell you, yeah, go go watch these; they're great. Valley Girl, for instance, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, a Christmas story. It's it's got it. It's my what? What do we say? Top top five, four of of uh, Christmas movies of all time. And if I wasn't a guy yeah. who's sitting here trying to tell you to go see Die Hard two and Lethal Weapon and like ranking that shit higher, who knows? It might have been number one. Um, but but yeah, there's 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 no other movie from this year that I've gotten more mileage out of over the years. Vacation yeah. and Man with Two Brains comes close, but a Christmas Story's got to be got to be it for me. So. Yeah, and I, I shit, I, I totally agree on everything, and that even, even that it's your number one. I mean, I, I could, it, it, it probably should have been on my list, but I, you know, I explained why it wasn't. No, no, I it, get it. Well, like I said, yeah, it, it wasn't always number one. I, I kind of reconfigured things. I'm like, wait a minute, what am I doing? Not making it number one. But uh, I understand. I understand why Return of the Jedi is your, your number one. Um, I just I was a little surprised as we were getting down to the end of the list, and I, I kind of forgot about that one, and I, I didn't realize you yeah. had mentioned it. And I was like, "There's no way he's leaving a Christmas Story off this list. That's got to be." Another... When you said it wasn't a it wasn't any kind of comedy, I was like, "Oh, oh shit! What what could it be?" <laughs> I forgot what about was your, uh, Did you have right. a different number one on a different list, or was it always? Well, here I'll Christmas I'll give story. you my my top ten as I like I said when we started this, I I sort of just put put titles above or below each other, right? Mm-hmm. So doing that, my top 10 would have been Sleepaway Camp number 10, Videodrome number 9, which obviously I hedged on and I, I moved it around. Uh, King of Comedy would have been 8, and The Big Chill would have been 7. Um, so I kind of glommed Big Chill, King of Comedy, Videodrome into a, a thing, threw them back, moved Sleepaway Camp up, and then picked between them. Six was Trading Places. Five is Return of the Jedi. Four is Vacation. I think that's what I had. Now, mm-hmm. number three was A Christmas Story. Then okay. Evil Dead, which was still number two. And then number one was The Man with Two Brains. Just okay. purely on 
here's here's the vibe I'm I'm dropping down on this list. And then, like I said, I thought about it a little more. Um, I moved Christmas Story up, dropped Man with Two Brains into that slot. The rest of it pretty much played out the same, other than you know the number ten could have been four or five movies. So right. Um, so here, let's do this. Let's recap our lists. And then uh, we can talk about some of our, our also-rans. So, again, my, my final ranking. Number 10, King of Comedy. Number 9, Sleepaway Camp. Number 8, Deathstalker. Number 7, The Big Chill. Number 6, Trading Places. Number 5, Return of the Jedi. Number 4, Vacation. Number 3, The Man with Two Brains. Number 2, The Evil Dead. And number 1, A Christmas Story. That is a eclectic, weird, fucking... <laughs> list <laughs> <laughs> yes, <it is. laughs> um all right peter so what, what I, were yours i just realized i accidentally uh deleted my number six so i can't find it now um <laughs> what i oh, had no. at number six yeah so um, you don't remember come on you gotta be able to put it back in there <laughs> i should yeah i know i hate that i won't that'll if i go away it won't still be there anyways number 10 was outsiders uh number nine scarface number eight rumblefish number seven sleepaway camp number six i have no idea uh number five revenge of the ninja um four terms of endearment three big chill two death stalker and number one return of the jedi Okay. Now, uh, risky business, I think, was your risky number six. Business was number six. Thank you. All right, say it again. So it's good for the pod. Okay. Go yeah, on. we'll edit. That. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So here's my top ten from 1983. <laughs> Outsiders number ten. Number nine, we had Scarface. Number eight, Rumblefish. Number seven, Sleepaway Camp. Number six, Risky Business. Number five, Revenge of the Ninja. Four was Terms of Endearment. Three, Big Chill. Two, Death Stalker, and number one, Return of the Jedi. Good now, list, man. I, my, uh, I, I wish, uh, you know, like I said, I, I appreciate you just kind of having the courage of your convictions and going full bore on uh, just exactly how you, you felt about stuff. I, I hedged a little. I don't, I'm not taking anything back or I'm not like, oh, I'm going to throw fucking sudden impact in here or risky business or something. But, um, the two that I really wanted to try to find some room for were Ten to Midnight and Lone Wolf McQuaid. Yeah. And they're not great movies, but they also line up with the whole Deathstalker Sleepaway Camp. Uh, just if you put those on right now, you'd you'd watch that shit. Oh, yeah. The 83 aesthetic is, is strong. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But I felt like yeah, I already yeah. had Deathstalker and Sleepaway Camp. I can't just pack this list with uh, fucking, you know, those other two and then Return of the Ninja and, uh, yeah. I don't know, Rumblefish and whatever other crazy shit. People are going to be like, what the fuck are you talking about, guys? So <laughs> so yeah. I, I tried to balance my list a little bit. It, it, it's not inaccurate. It's not like, I think, 10 to Midnight and uh, fucking Lone Wolf Creator are great movies by any means. Like, yeah, would I watch them again right now? Fucking sure. But, yeah. You know, it's it's not a. I'm not gonna lose sleep over their their omission or anything like that. So, so anyway, yeah. Other, why don't uh, you? Uh, uh, yeah, why don't you? Mine? Yeah, go ahead and give yours. I can give you a whole like bottom ten if you want. Would have been the next ones coming up. So, yeah, my so in no particular order, we have uh, Christmas Story, um, Sudden Impact, All the Right Moves, Trading Places, and Vacation were the uh so i guess it was 16 movies that that i really 
wrestled with for my list, but uh, the uh, sudden impact almost almost made it into the top ten. I I almost I originally I had that at at eight on my first list. Yeah. And nice, yeah, it's a it's a yeah. great fucking movie. I mean, it's pretty pretty ballsy and crazy, and uh, yeah, I mean, more people should definitely see it if they haven't, or if they only think of it as another dumb Clint Eastwood movie or another stupid Dirty Harry sequel that didn't need to be or or something like that. So right. uh, I think it I think it's better than that. I think it could definitely cho- do with some trimming. I think what we talked about last time when we talked about it on the pod was uh, there's a lot of just dumb sequences where he's like driving into town and a, and a bank robbery happens or whatever. It, there, there's just <laughs> right. silly action movie cliche shit like that. I think they, it, the movie could have done without, but uh, had they done that, it would have been an even better entire movie and it, it probably would have easily made my top 10, but right. Uh, anyway, um, if I had a bottom 10 or, or another 10 to give you a number 11 would probably be video Jerome. Like I said, I, I just kind of bounced that out of the 10 with King of comedy and uh, uh, big chill uh, from there. Sudden impact, risky business, Terms of Endearment, War Games, Cujo, which I know we disagree on, but uh, I, I think it's a great movie. Bad Boys, we didn't really talk about that too much. Um, remember yeah. Bad Boys? Yeah. Oh, I do. So we, did, we did that with The Outsiders, and I uh, yep. I thought about that one too. I'd put it ahead of The Outsiders. And then 18 would be 10 to Midnight, 19, Lone Wolf McQuaid, 20, I'll round it out with Rumblefish, given the it, it's it's shout out i like i said i agree with you that that movie is is very very good and, and very underrated or misunderstood or whatever you want to say um right it's just again it, it's one of those things where how often am i gonna revisit this or whatever and you know i, I don't know but uh yeah I, I think it's a it's a solid movie beyond that you know there's movies like dead zone all the right moves pieces easy money scarface uh got revenge of the ninja here joysticks house and sorority row that's really it for me then we start getting into like mr mom and i i felt like that was disappointing i I don't hate that movie or anything but it's it's not gonna make my list outsiders blue thunder which which was a pleasant surprise i thought that movie was fun and, and funny yeah um twilight zone chain heat never say never again octopussy sting 2 hunger uh, bottom of this list, uh, moving backwards here, Porky's Two is the worst movie I think we watched. <laughs> after yes, that, absolutely. After that, Breathless. Although I do enjoy some of its crazier elements and shit. You're Living yeah. Dangerously. I, I give it some props. It's just not. I mean, it's it's not entertaining. It's it's a dour, bland, long slog, but. I get what it's going for. It's got that hunt performance that won an Oscar. That's great. Valley Girl, eh, vastly overrated. Jaws 3D, you know, fun but but dumb. So the only like movie I really hated that we watched is is Porky's Two. Porky's I, Two, just, yeah. That's that's a clear worst movie of the year or worst one we reviewed <laughs> anyway. Where did you have uh, Easy Money? Was that in the? Was that in twenty? Uh... In your top twenty, or was that in the? No, that'd be like number twenty-four. Okay, right before Scarface. <laughs> <laughs> pieces, pieces was fun, but yeah, there's, I was, you know, I would only do, 
I figured if I'm going to do one of these, it's going to be Sleepaway Camp. No, I didn't have to just oh, yeah. do one, but yeah, there was uh, a time where it had been like pieces of one of the best slashers nobody ever talks about, but uh, we watched it obviously recently, and uh, yeah, I was a little let down, but I, I don't know what my more nostalgic eyes was for them. I, I don't nothing against it. I still like it. And I think it was a fun movie, um, but it didn't it didn't hold up the way I thought it was going to. So right. Well, listeners to the pod, there's now a <laughs> there's now a Twitter site for the Big Four O where you yeah can, finally uh, after a year. Oh hey, we gotta say this, Peter. Yeah. We have this. We're marking our one year anniversary. I know we started doing it in like you know a year ago, August or whatever. We started recording yeah. episodes, but we, our first episode we posted was our uh, Christmas movie episode, and yep. um, yeah, now we're back to that time of year again so we we've been doing yeah. this for a full year posting them for a full year and uh yeah that's something right yeah, exactly now we've now we finally have a twitter page where you can uh leave some of your comments if you want uh it's at the, the underscore big underscore four zero um feel free to peruse the excitement of that page <laughs> Yeah, well, we'll start, you know, posting links and stuff like that. I just, my whole thing was, and it's basically laziness on my part, but at the end of the day, I was also like, well, we should do this for a while before we just announce it to the world. Right. Nobody's going to listen to it if it's a shitty podcast. So, Peter, I'm assuming you feel that we've developed on from just a shitty podcast at this point to where you think we deserve a Twitter. Yeah? Yeah, I think so. I mean, well, we still don't need music. I, I know this. No music. No. Uh, no ads. No ads. We have yep. no no music. No ads. No clips. No. Yep. And and that's either a good thing, depending on how you want to look at it, right? Right. Wait. I'm that's, thinking. Uh... <laughs> that's either a good thing. That's either a good thing or a bad thing, depending on how you want to look at it. I I don't know. It yes. obviously means that. But I I feel like well here here's what I would say I'd be like yeah we're gonna be your podcast is just like straight fucking just come here listen to the content blah 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 no bullshit right but then as soon right. as enough people start listening and they're like oh we can put some ads on here or whatever we're mm-hmm. like okay I guess we gotta put some ads on. yeah we're not gonna like grandstand about not doing that so right <laughs> hey if somebody wants to to advertise I don't think we'd say no right. Well, yeah, it one of the things I'm and how right, much. <laughs> right. <laughs> one of the things I'm I'm gonna try and do, and I don't I don't know how to yet, but I would love to be able to pull little clips from our show and just post like a twenty second thing on the on the Twitter or even on TikTok or anything like that or YouTube. Just yeah. little uh just little hilarious bits or whatever that uh that came that comes from it but i'd have to figure that out especially the the youtube where there isn't really a there is video but there isn't so yeah i hope you figure that out i have i have no idea <laughs> right i really time that... i will be <laughs> oh sorry i was just gonna say i'll be posting the link of the episodes as they come out on on the uh twitter you know what you have should do is put our uh... scarface there put our individual um handles in the uh bio uh yeah the, the or whatever you call that thing where when you 
click on it, you're like, oh, the big furrow with Ron and Peter, and then you know, yeah. whatever thing. Well, that's yeah, good. There, yeah. I, yeah. Yeah. I'll do that right now. You don't have to do it right now. We, we still have to okay. sign off this fucking episode. <laughs> <laughs> all right so uh <laughs> peter i i think what we decided was our next episode is gonna uh push us right into the fucking new year and we're gonna do what yep. is it angel and hot dog the movie the now movie, these two yes. films are contingent on them staying on tubi until we watch them and I would suggest we maybe watch them sooner rather than later because sure because you said hot dog, hot dog. Was just okay it's still there luckily uh, as of right now um yeah anyway we try to get them under our belt we can record yeah. in, into the the new year and I think their release date was what January fourteenth or something like that somewhere so in the middle of, yeah yeah middle of January all right yeah all right listeners. Thank you for a fucking year of bliss. Uh, it's been it's been a real pre- look. Look, we joke about this podcast being shitty and like whatever, but like I've really enjoyed doing this. I've seen so many movies I wouldn't have normally seen. Um, I get to do something on a Tuesday that involves hanging out with a buddy and drinking and you know occasionally getting way too high. And uh, you know it's just it's really where I want to be at this point in my life when I'm getting. Uh, glasses and going to rheumatologist to see why certain things ache and it's yeah it's all i have to look forward to in life so so thank you <laughs> listeners peter thank you for being my just fucking partner and you know co-captain on this journey and oh hell yeah, yeah. thank you man yeah i know i mean i'm uh, just I'm as glad long you as the podcast this. servers will have us we're yeah, exactly. Don't <laughs> <laughs> get banned off Spotify or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right, so everybody, make sure you go out and uh, listen or listen. Let, fucking watch every movie on our top ten list. Um, we, yeah. we, I, I, I gotta say, we didn't really have a ton of overlap. Um, and and where we did, it was in way different places, right? Like, yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> So yeah, you, I'm curious. Uh, where would you rank the Evil Dead on your list? Uh, like Evil Dead would be number twenty or something, or like, it would be in the yeah. I would say it'd be in the bottom. There's like a whole yeah, like Dead Zone, Evil Dead, Videodrome uh, are three that I kind of at all not a fan. Not a fan of the horror, huh? Well, yeah, I mean, I, I am and I'm not. Like, I, I, I enjoy no, these no, movies. I, I wasn't. But, yeah. Sleepaway Camp, you have, but I get that's a whole different vibe because it's off the chain and whatever. Although, yeah. so is Evil Dead in pieces. And I guess, yeah, just your mileage varies, I suppose. They would be in the bottom, uh, like, any somewhere in the 15 to 20 range. Evil Dead would be, I mean, that's probably, right. you know, any 17 or 18, somewhere in there. Okay. Well, uh, everybody join me next year when I'll have a new co-host and uh, we'll get rid of this fucking <laughs> bullshit. <laughs> Between uh, Kate kidding, and I, I think Michael Kamen and, and Peter with his bullshit. And yeah, Peter I got really got to just <laughs> find better people. Right. <laughs> surround, surround yourself with better with. people in 20... 20- yeah. I got I to gotta think of me. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All right. Uh, good to you know end the year with such a lot of cool stuff to talk about. I mean, like yep. these movies are, are all really good. I can't wait to see what 1984 holds. I mean, I have a general idea of what's coming out and what the big movies are and everything, but I, I'm hoping I 
just as surprised by at least 10 movies next year as I am yeah by these this year so right I agree that's that's the fun of it dude I can't believe fucking a Christmas story didn't make your top 10 <laughs> the more I think about this that's insane you really think what was your number 10 outsiders and nine nine was scarface and eight, eight? was rumblefish yeah you rumblefish. don't think you're gonna snuck somewhere in there it's a christmas story man <laughs> i know rumblefish is the hill you're dying on. i like don't get me wrong i love that movie we both loved it it's audacious it's crazy it's weird it's awesome it's it's something nobody's ever even heard of probably and and also yeah. great if they watch it but uh i mean i gotta feel like christmas story goes in there somewhere well we're not gonna end this by me trying to make you feel guilty i just <laughs> I'm just wondering if after all this chatter, especially around Christmas time, there's some regrets. Yeah. <laughs> if, if what would you uh, What would you sub it for? Like if 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 you had to. And now, by the way, you can just be like, "No, I'm standing on my ground," which is what you should do right now. You should be like, "No, nothing. Like yeah. this is my my definitive top ten. But but mm-hmm. if you are having second thoughts, where would it jump in on that list? Number six, risky business would would leave. <laughs> <laughs> yep. a christmas story would jump in that's there. where i was going with it i didn't want to <laughs> i was like remember that one movie i forgot to even write down even though i really liked it and it made me like horny as a kid and stuff i still couldn't even remember it happened this year maybe in that spot <laughs> maybe we could <laughs> nope no, if it's you're, there, you're stuck with it. Yeah, uh, man, it's even the episode we had our kids on for, and you're Mister. Tug at my heart, Mister Hard Ass. Yeah, yeah, jeez. <laughs> oh, All well. right, I will. Uh, I'll hopefully see you before we record next. But uh, if not, have a great Christmas and uh, yeah, happy you too. I, yeah. Sounds good, man. You too. Take care and uh, say hi to the fam for me. Will do. Listeners, get to that Twitter. Yeah. The underscore big underscore four zero. 